Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Together B2B Technology Marketing Podcast. Today we have Kate Skinner. Kate Skinner is the Senior Global Marketing Manager at Hitachi Vantara and is filled with pearls of wisdom that Manaz Tajani is going to be extracting for us today. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we enjoyed having it. Without further ado, here is Kate Skinner and Manaz. So welcome to another edition of Together Perspectives. Uh, this is our, our podcast that we trying to get people from the industry, specialists, gurus, uh, and general clients that we like to talk to in front of the mic so we can tap into their brains, extract some of that knowledge, and share it with the audience. So today we have the delightful Kate Skinner from Hitachi Vantara. Good morning. Morning, Kate. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for taking up the, the hot seat. And uh, giving up your time today to talk to us in a little bit more depth about all things marketing, all things life. Yeah. We can talk about whatever you want. Before we get into that, mm. I decided to Google Kate Skinner. Oh, no. And what came up? This is worrying. Well, I do have to be worried. I don't think I've ever done that. Who does what, that? You, do, do you people? do that? I, uh, I mean, I, the deathly silence will tell you if you I mean, I bet you do. No, you I have, don't. haven't you? So, so I have done. I have done. Only because... Only the only reason, just to clarify, the only reason why I Google myself is because I've got a relatively unique name, and I wanted to make sure that nobody else is sort of <laughs> using my name and doing good marketing as well. You know, okay. I have to be sort of one of a kind. Mm-hmm. Um, we might want to edit that bit out because that sounds really bad. But that's not. No, I'm getting I'm getting lots of nods saying that's staying in. So uh, yeah, I think we've all done it. We've all done it, right? Just mm. Maybe not. Okay, you made it onto the first page of Google. Did I? With something. I'd say it's non-LinkedIn based. Oh. You have endorsed executive private hire airport transfer services based in Windsor, I think. That's so true. I have. Reliability is key. Yeah. Executive private hire, yeah, consistently shout out brilliant. Shout to uh, executive private hire. I, I mean, can. Always I, on time. Always on time. Oh, I think there's a song there as well, isn't there? <laughs> I can rest assured that all bookings I make will be in the best of hands. No full stop, by the way, for some reason I've missed that mm, out. Kate grammar. Skinner, marketing manager, Hitachi Data Systems. Oh, That must have been a while ago because uh, talk to us now about, about yeah. the company's no longer. No. Well, we're just different, better, different, you know, new and improved. Yeah. But yeah, that was a while ago. I think we've been Hitachi Vantara for nearly three years now or coming up for three years. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for the listeners who don't know much about Hitachi Vantara, do you want to give us a quick synopsis of what, you know, if you were to... We were, we, we've, I'd say we've met in an elevator. That'd be kind of weird. Uh, we've met somewhere and you've got a couple of minutes. Give us the, uh, the elevator pitch of uh, what a Hitachi Vantara do and the value you bring. So yes, Hitachi Vantara. So we are a data company and we specialize in the management, the development and, and all things data. So taking super complex problems and things that are out there that need solving and improving. Um, and, you know, we... We can do that through all of our amazing solutions and technologies, um, working with our partners to to kind of conquer those super tricky, super tricky problems that other organizations have. So thank you very much, Kate. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was great. I think you've touched on something there that is a, a really nice segue. Uh, mm. You mentioned the word partners mm. and we know that all tech organizations, uh, global enterprises have a strong sort of partner network, whether that's resellers, Mm -hmm. distributors, all the way up to global system integrators. Mm -hmm. In the partner world and and the the channel land, Mm -hmm. we know that you've you've progressed through the ranks and you've you've evolved (laughs) as a channel specialist. So 
I know that we've been working together for for a while, yeah, uh, for a long time actually, yeah. yeah. So and, and apologies for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about your your journey through. Understand it was UK channel, mm. uh, and then I think you progressed to a Mia channel, mm-hmm. and I'm making mm-hmm. assumptions here, and then to where you are now. But mm-hmm. for you know, all the all the listeners out there that are you know in channel and mm. really looking to progress that career i think there's some there's there's already feels like there's some some pearls of wisdom in there in terms <laughs> of being able to to be agile um and as an agency having a, a strong specialism in the whole channel piece so acceleration from mm. defining and tiering those different types of partners from the small sort of vars all mm-hmm. the way through to the medium and then mm-hmm. the you know platinum partners mm-hmm. up to disties and gsis mm. i think the one thing that that we see and we try and do for our clients. It'd be interesting to know whether this is you know, an objective for you as well, mm. is about still making fi- making the vendor reseller or vendor partner experience still feel like it's very personalized, mm. like you can. You have to, yeah. You because, absolutely have yeah. to. Because otherwise, um, you know, partners want to feel um, special. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to feel like, um, you know, they want to feel like as a vendor you care and that you're... Um, that their requirements are forefront of your actions and especially in marketing. Um, you know, we all know that partners work with many vendors. We all know that vendors work with many partners. You know, it's yeah, yeah. There's no it's just the lay of the land. Yeah. But you have to um and I think that comes down to kind of making the right relationships within those partner organizations and specifically within the marketing departments of those partner organizations. Okay. okay yeah, and I think yeah. that's where you can get some real um sort of cohesive relationships that mean that you know you can um you know you can really personalize things you know we have a set of solutions you know as an organization and a group of partners and you know when you strip everything back um you know what goes to market is very similar in many ways with with whichever partner you're working with Mm -hmm. until maybe when you get to working with the rsis and the gsis where you know, they have some real interesting skill set that you can wrap around the technology to, to you know, to to look at solutions and, yeah. and customer customer problems. But when you're looking at resellers and traditional channel, you know, mm-hmm. you do have to make sure that um, the partner sees that they're important, that they see value, that you can really make um, what you take to market as specific as poss- possible. You know, whether that's yeah. because it's verticalized or, um, you know, really wraps around their capabilities or their services as a partner yeah um coupled with our technology you know you do have to try and make sure that um they see value yeah brilliant just to kind of lift the lid a little bit on that i think um do you do you what's your view on is is this right is there you know there's an probably an industry um perception that partners are quite revenue driven and revenue first (laughs) and the the slightly hysterical smile and laugh that you've just given <laughs> tells me a lot that I don't know, should I progress with this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh-huh. The perception that partners can be, so not, maybe not so much system integrators, but the kind of, you know, mm. the, the value added resellers and, mm. and this, these are, are kind of revenue driven, or if mm. not revenue hungry. Mm. From your experience, did you find that that is the quickest way to the heart or is it actually, that's a bit of a myth or kind of, I don't think it's a myth. I think there's definitely some truths in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, the business model um, that a partner has when they are um, working with a vendor like, you know, Hitachi Vantara is is naturally one that means, you know, if you're a partner salesperson, 
and you have varying offerings um, from different vendors, you know, there, there, there absolutely will be that element of um, commercialism that means that you would take one to market quicker than another or, mm-hmm. you know. But I think that's why you have to kind of show that added value so that it's not just about that side of things, you know, yeah, you yeah. know and, and, you know, giving them the incentives and the kind of the yeah. drivers mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the added extras that are going to be, um, that mean that they choose you over somebody else. And that yeah. might, might come down to things like marketing campaigns through a hub, for example, that are easy to use, easy to ex- execute, easy to, um, you know, get out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, there's, there's lots of things that make vendors more attractive to work with. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the whole partner experience it. Definitely. That sort of brands need to be thinking about. And I yeah. think absolutely echo that. And I think it's, you know, it comes back to the principles of business, right? If you yeah. can't compete on price, which yeah. nobody really wants to, no. in their case, price equals revenue, revenue yeah. and margin. Yeah. Um, I think we have to be looking for the whole partner experience. Definitely. Um, and from end to end, what's the, what's the partner life cycle? Mm-hmm. Um, and how we can put, uh, and as an a- agency, we're working with, you know, global vendors, um, including Hitachi to, mm-hmm. to look at what types of, um, kind of, I suppose, ignition points and acceleration platforms that we can put in place to ensure that whole experience from the way they get pricing from you, the mm-hmm. way that they can actually pull mm-hmm. quotes and bids together exactly. and yeah. sell with simplicity all the way through to being mm-hmm. remunerated and, and compensated yeah. for those deals as well. Yeah. So the full partner engagement life cycle and it's and it's how how easy is it to do business with us yeah you know you're exactly right you know how long does it take to get a quote how long does it take to get a response or how Mm -hmm. long does it take to get a proof of concept or all those types of things that make that partner salesperson's life easier yeah on the partner side Mm -hmm. um i think you know the the easier we can be to do business with the better yeah Brilliant. Sounds good. Let's forward wind a little bit. Okay. To I'm not rushing you. We've got we've got all the time <laughs> all the time that we need, don't worry. But I, I'm really interested to to kind of delve a bit deeper into your current role or mm-hmm. that you've been doing for a while around um so marketing manager is that for global system yes, integrators. Exactly. So talk to us about what is what does that role entail? What what is it? Well, it's really different. Obviously, um it's 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 different in the sense that um, the role previous was um, EMEA GSIs, so marketing manager for the EMEA GSIs. Um, but now having that kind of um, shift into the into the global role, it's it is really different. It's much more about um, a closer relationship with um, sales mm-hmm. at a global level. So our GAMs, our global account managers. Um, and a much closer alignment to the strategic priorities at a global level for each of the GSIs. Um, and that kind of comes back to what we said earlier around the regionalization of priorities for partners. Yeah. Um, my role now is to work with our GAMs to really define what maybe the three or four key initiatives are at a global level that that GAM wants to instill into the account, number one, and out to market with the GSI Um, and it's it's been quite a learning curve actually to kind of get that type of information out of them because Mm -hmm. the GAMs are responsible at global level for the running of the account they have um, geo-based account managers so North America we call them NAMs so national account managers and just for anyone who's listening to top it anyone who's listened to any of our podcasts acronyms come up time and time again so good at acronyms ways that you know (laughs) The tech industry and the tech marketing world particularly loves an acronym. Yeah. I mean, I'm just waiting for the day that acronym gets an acronym itself. So 
any ideas, please you know feel free to submit them via the uh, the comments. <laughs> uh, sorry, but yeah, carry on. Uh, um, so yeah, Gam, go to global account manager. Yeah. Nam, Nams, national account yeah, manager. Okay. Um, so you know his role is. Uh, uh, a global level is to make sure that um, the messaging and the direction of the account is instilled in in the geos. So my role really is to kind of, um, you know, bring together those initiatives and support the geos um, with content that they can take to market. Now, you know, once that kind of core content is created, um, there might be some tweaking that goes on depending on verticals within um, EMEA or verticals within um, North America or APAC, wherever it might be, um, and really drive that um, creation of um, two-partner campaigning as well. So if we take CGI, for example, you know, make it another acronym, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. making sure that um, at a global level, the, um, the account manager um, gets as much visibility of Hitachi Vantara into CGI as possible mm-hmm. um, through digital campaigns, yeah. through exposure at their, you know, global events where, we, you know, we might have speaking slots, et cetera. Um, but, you know, making sure that we can drive that brand message into the accounts at a global level. So mm-hmm. I'd say that that is predominantly um, what takes up most of my time. Yeah. Um, sort of aligning those priorities, keeping the um, account managers focused on those yeah yeah because they're busy people they with lots are. of lots of uh deals to do and yeah. uh and yeah i'm yeah. sure you're just on, on you know on the list but, yeah well exactly yeah. and it's making sure that you know i'm i'm really tightly aligned to our vp um of gsis as well yeah. dennis yeah um so that he feels that the right messaging and the right level of awareness is being driven into each of the accounts as well so yeah um that's the real difference really um, in mm-hmm. this role is that it's um, a lot of brand awareness into the accounts rather than, you know, um, traditional lead generation yeah. into the market. You know, that's that's where the geographies come in. So APAC and EMEA in North America, mm-hmm. you know, that's when they kind of kick in and they they take the content and the key initiatives out yeah. to market. On the, and they'll be doing that more on the, on the ground. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you've touched on a, an interesting thing there as well, actually, around this idea of... Um, was a couple of things really with uh so it sounds like obviously what you're doing is a lot more focused mm. and you sounds like you're, you're delving quite heavily into account-based marketing mm. and, and a lot of sort of the abm principles mm. and, and um and applications as well um do you ever do any uh, of course f- from our experience running uh, abm programs mm. that absolutely we listen very heavily to sales and we build those mm. relationships but we also listen to the account as well um, mm. and through first party, third party research as well, customer insights. Mm. What is the account telling us that they're interested in? Mm. And is that an area and how do you currently explore that within the uh, within the accounts? Or is it actually something that at the moment you, you, you're focusing more on sales giving you that insight? Um, at the moment, I think, um, you know, it's definitely about the kind of d- the direction and the input from the um, global account manager mm-hmm. and the account themselves. So, um, you know, we, we really try to kind of glean that information from the GSI to say, right, you know, if we're going to go to market this year, where are, where are we going to place our bets together? Which of the accounts? Um, it's not a numbers game. Yeah. It, you know, we really want to be focused, you know, two or three accounts per geo, you know, where do we see that yeah. opportunity kind of the for revenue? The propensity to sort of yeah, grow and, and exactly. Um, yes. 
And from from that, we sort of work backwards and say, right, okay, so, you know, we've got two or three accounts in um, EMEA and we're working with Cognizant. You know, we need to build a hybrid cloud plan that then fuels those um you know, accounts, we work backwards and we make sure that, um, you know, the right people are in place to support that on both sides, not mm-hmm. just, um, yeah. not yeah. just Natachi. Collaborative. And it's then really about um, educating um, the account team on the GSI side. Yeah. Because, you know, they have access to other vendors. They have access to other technologies. They have to understand exactly where we play, where our strengths are as a partnership, and then mm-hmm. where to bring us in to spot and, and teaching them how to spot opportunities um, mm-hmm. that we can work on together within yeah. those accounts. Um, so definitely, I think it, I think, you know, like you said, it's, it's getting that information from the account manager, but also the account themselves Yeah. Um, as the partner. Right. Okay. Makes sense. And also that, that landing that value message, I think what we're, um, we're trying to re-educate the market a little bit as an agency and, almost moving moving the moving the conversation forward mm-hmm. away from even terming it as brand awareness mm-hmm. um into trust building mm. so for us and like if you look at the um 2018 but also the, the just the 2019 report has just been released the idg customer engagement study mm-hmm. that tech firms and cios and and you know sales directors all people through the through the whole value chain see that trust mm-hmm. in a brand is is 80% of the decision mm. is that it influences your brand being put forward as mm. one of those evoked set brands that they will take to their customers, for mm. example, in the GSI mm-hmm. world. And for us, it's about that re-education of, and looking at trust building um, as such an integral part of your program yeah. to really ensure that they understand what you can do, mm-hmm. how you do it, but more so what you can do for them. Mm. And then the next stage will then be how do we collaborate on solutions, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> In a crowded space, yeah. how do you find you land those messages most effectively? and what, what works and, and what doesn't? I think that's really interesting. And I think the difference for us um, is that, you know, behind um, Hitachi Vantara is obviously um, Hitachi Limited. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Um, the perception of Hitachi Vantara and Hitachi Limited is that we are a trusted brand. You know, I feel so proud to work for a company that's got such amazing heritage and the depth and broadness of what we can offer um, is so interesting and just not like anything else out there. And I think it's really um, apparent from how we've moved from, you know, our evolution from Hitachi Data Systems Along the journey, even, you know, the time I've been here, you know, the acquisitions we've made with other companies that have, you know, maybe at the time it's sort of been a little bit difficult to understand uh, maybe why we've, you know, made those types of acquisitions. But, you know, now we're at this place where it isn't just about um, what we do as Mm -hmm. Hitachi Vantara. You know, we used to do storage. Yeah. Um, And now it's so much more than that. And I think what Hitachi Limited brings to the table and what that gives not just customers but partners um is really interesting yeah um and i think i definitely think we're viewed as a trusted i hope we're viewed as a trusted brand (laughs) yeah um you know we've we've been around such a long time and we have such um you know amazing support and and foundations at hitachi limited i think it's um you know it's a real strong a strong brand to be a part of yeah definitely also i think um yeah without without looking for co-sponsorship from Hitachi on this but I'll say it anyway (laughs) is that I think um it's definitely a brand that seems to 
it's it's a world brand it's a brand that everybody recognizes but actually you are shaping the way in effect you know changing the way the world works to use your own line back at you yeah um from you know from the trains and transport Mm -hmm. mechanisms to global air conditioning mm. to through iot mm. through to you know it's it's industrial it's mm. in it's industrial solutions you yeah. build stuff yep and our copy team you know always love working on the hitachi account because actually it comes back to you build things exactly. you're like lego you build yeah. the world yeah. and that is an exciting thing to be part yeah. of yeah it's it's From a societal um, impact point of view all the way through to facial recognition yeah. technology with video intelligence that is changing smart airlines right yeah, it's changing definitely. airports it's changing everything that touches you and I and around us in, yeah. in the world that we live in. It's really funny, actually, because, um, you know, when you meet new people, you go to, you know, a wedding or something, you yeah. kind of get that chat of, oh, you know, what do you do for a living or where do you yeah. work? And you say Hitachi. Um, I don't even say yeah. um, Hitachi Vantara. Right. Okay. You know, I, yeah. I never even used to say Hitachi data system. Right. Because you're just like, they're not oh, going to you know. know. It's Hitachi. <laughs> it's Hitachi yeah. um, and the response you get is really interesting. Okay. And, it, and it definitely differs. Right. Okay. What kind of responses have you oh, had? Do you think of any? You like? know, Oh yeah, you make TVs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's I've the got classic. a toaster by you guys. That's so, a yeah. classic. Really, oh, classic. Yeah. The TV. Um, yeah. and then you know, oh yeah, you know, um, you make cranes or you make yeah. diggers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We do. Yeah, we, we do, do all, all of those that. things. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. actually, we do loads more than that as yeah, well. Exactly. Um, and when you we get talking to people, it's re- it is it re- it really is interesting. You know, yeah. kind of the capabilities of technology. You know, what you don't see in terms of those physical items. You know, a TV, a digger, a crane. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. And you touched on it in terms of the facial recognition, the smart airports, smart airlines. Um, yeah, it's 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 mega. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. The, like it almost feels like the possibilities are endless in terms of you know yeah. how we can um, change things and how that scope of yeah. um, you know what's possible is yeah is the boundaries kind of out there. Yeah, the bound- I think I think the boundaries as as quickly as the boundaries are being pushed, the boundaries are changing as well. Mm. So there yeah. are you know ever, new new things are coming about all the time that that changed the way that you thought yesterday about technology. Mm-hmm. And, and um, again, another shameless plug, and I'm getting some nods <laughs> in the room about our meaningful, meaningful tech blog series as well, which mm-hmm. um, we focus on sort of some specific brands particularly and start to look at technology for the, it's reminding the market really that the, uh, that technology is, is working for the greater good. And, mm. um, you know, I was just watching the, the great hack on Netflix at the moment, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you've got a chance to see that, but I advise Again, without plugging Netflix, everyone to oh. watch it. It's a, it's a delve into the Cambridge Analytica um, scandal, but it's also I have heard of it. Yeah, it's all okay. it's it's bigger than that though. It's really about um, digital information and digital fingerprints and everything that you do being tracked for the for for mm. personalization for the greater good. But that mm-hmm. can be put to misuse in mm-hmm. swaying elections globally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that's a really interesting platform for technology doing good things and bad things. And I mm. think from a meaningful tech point of view, it's mm-hmm. lovely to work with brands who are on the good side, hopefully, you know, of, of trying to yeah. trying to trying to really help people and help society and yeah. really, really uh, do things differently. Yeah. I think it depends on your mindset as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when I speak to even my parents about what we do and, you know, I mean, my mum could not get her head around her new iPad. Right. you know, being unlocked with her fingerprint. Yeah, like that right. to her was... It was just like the next I level mean, of mind like... mind was yeah. blown. Minority she was like, oh, I don't know how of... I feel about this. <laughs> yeah. you know, well, like, you can't change your fingerprints. Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. But I think it does depend on your mindset of mm. how open you are to, you know, like you say, the greater good of technology, um, you know, in the right hands and mm-hmm. for the right reasons, 
can change so much in terms of society, safety, yeah. health. Um, and I think that's how, you know, working for Hitachi Vantara is so interesting because of, you know, we aren't just um, a tech company that deals in, mm -hmm. you know, data and doing something with data that is, you know, the output of, of a bank's information. You know, it is into so many different um arenas like the health like travel like you yeah. know security um and it's so relatable which is really cool mm. um yeah. you know you can kind of you can really understand why we do things and um you know just in day-to-day -day life you yeah. can kind of see oh yeah you know you walk through an airport and you think oh if only that 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 and that would be there this would be so much easier yeah you think, actually yeah. that's possible, it is. Because, that absolutely you know, possible yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Could, we could make that happen absolutely and, and again without without you know turning back the global hitachi line i you know, always love the uh the future is open to suggestion oh you're good mm, i've done my homework <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah with so so with that to kind of bring it back and it's 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 lovely to see someone excited about their work as well and i think for the listeners within channel within partner marketing within marketing in general you know i think it's it's good to good mm. to hear that mm. you know there's there's people jobs brands out there that that are doing some great work and you know you can be part of it and kind of you know seeing mm. seeing you excited about that, yeah, that journey every day is, is different which every is, day is different. You know, yeah absolutely. and the partners are yeah. so different you know yeah. one uh, you know one day i could be speaking to you know a cto within atos about yeah. messaging and you know what we're doing and then the next day i could be speaking to you know somebody on the other side of the world working for another partner and it's just you know it's yeah. it the variety is immense and right. i think that's what kind of yeah you know keeps things interesting it's kind of fueled you yeah, yeah definitely. definitely and and like so thinking back to sort of the gsis and and, and particular sort of marketing how, how have you seen over that time period i mean you know from a partner point of view we've seen partners change and evolve and and grow and and you know the 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 landscape in which they sell in is a very different one nowadays. Mm. How have you found sort of reacting to that change? And from a marketing point of view, um, with the digital revolution, mm. with everything just, just, just changed now in terms of what you can access, how you can target people mm. and how you can engage them. Mm. How have you seen things adapt over that time from a marketing? I'm thinking kind of from almost a quite a tactical point yeah, of view, yeah, actually, yeah. you know, yeah, what gosh, the type of programs that you run. Oh, it's changed so much. Yeah. Um, you know, winding back to when, you know, most of what we did in terms of execution was email events based. Or and <laughs> it was emails and events. Yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah. It's unrecognizable, really. Mm. And I think that we sort of went through, I would say, you know, events became slightly less um, of a focus. Um, and I think they've definitely come back. Mm -hmm. Email has obviously had huge challenges with yeah. um, GDPR yeah. and... Um, all of those, um, you know, compliance and regulations. Yeah, and just volume of email, volume, right? I mean, who, yeah. like, exactly. who reads email that much? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think what it's done is made us um, smarter. Mm -hmm. We've become much more agile. And, um, you know, we've, we've really had to think about the strategy of who we're targeting um, as well as how we're going to target them. So mm -hmm. very much more along the lines of persona-based targeting, making sure that what we serve to our audiences is relevant and timely. And, um, you know, the digital sort of evolution of how we target and, you know, how we work with you guys just to help helping us with, um, you know, segmentation and targeting and all the digital options that are out there has, mm -hmm. you know, it's just changed so much, but yeah. it has made us, you know, we do have to really think about, um, the strategic side of things and mm -hmm. not that we didn't before mm -hmm. um 
But I think what I love now is that things can be executed so much faster. And the digital program, we can we can pause, we can we can see if it's working, we yeah, can we can yeah. test and optimize things. it in real yeah. time rather than sort of yeah post exactly post autopsy and what so it kind of feels yeah. like you know you used to send an email yeah. campaign out, you hit send, you need to just sit back and cross your arms, and go right, okay, yeah, that's that done, that's done. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. you'd like look for the report and you'd be like, oh, maybe we'll change the subject line, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah maybe yeah. that didn't work, yeah. or maybe we'll try, try a different time of day, and you know all of those things are still relevant, but um, I definitely think with the kind of the contents indicator and yeah. the placement of media online and you know and just being able to target people you know yeah yeah, it's, yeah. we get targeted smart. ourselves right mm-hmm. so we kind of see it both sides we see it happening to us and and because of the jobs we're in we're we're, yeah. we're doing it as well so. yeah, yeah and often i find i'm quite a lot more mindful of it yeah. because i know that oh, i'm part absolutely. of i'm part of the engine that's kind of doing this you yeah. know one way or another yeah. i mean it was um interesting you say about the the sort of the the optimization and the ability to be able to identify just so many variables now that can mm. be changed and adapted but also changed in real time I, mean, I was i was um i was actually to, to sort of, you know, kind of relate to that was uh reading about they've developed an ai platform mm. um and just for the record this will never replace an agency so you heard this there first that the um an ai platform that can actually identify from your brief the top words and keywords that you need to land within your messaging and within your copy mm-hmm. to be able to ensure that's going to have the highest chance of success. So what it's doing is looking at a big data set mm. based on a similar type of brief of language, of mm. marketing campaign, of advertising campaign, mm-hmm. and looking at building the sort of, not building the narrative, but building mm. the trigger points and the emotional words that mm. you should put in there to ensure that this is going to work within that audience. But it's doing it on such a mm. immense data scale in a split second wow and i don't know if you saw if lexus took it one stage further and actually had an ai bot programmed by a director to write an entire ad campaign script line and then they produced it as well i mean if i were you i'd be worried minute well this is the debate we're having in the agency <laughs> at the moment actually so Harry, the producer cutting in so a ai wrote a headline for the email and it took the copywriters 47 attempts to get a better click-through rate than that ai correct yeah yeah, wow. I read that stat as well. Yeah, absolutely mind blowing, isn't it? Now there is the kind of yeah, the debate of, I mean, this is a whole different podcast. So I think maybe we'll park this subject slightly for mm. the next one, and Kate will get you involved in it as well and have a, have a debate about that. But I think at the end of the day, I don't think AI will ever replace in the creative world mm. the con- context mm-hmm. and understanding of writing a good ad is one thing. Yeah, how and when to run it mm-hmm. for effectiveness mm-hmm. is a human experience yeah. and the ability to make decisions on should we run that out or should we not mm-hmm. an ai robot will always do it according to science which absolutely. is absolutely right yeah. so to david ogilvy's point who was always the science guy behind creative was like it's all about the numbers and it's all about testing yeah. i think he would he would be relishing in this day we live in you talk to bill burnback when it's all about the creative and the artistic yeah. skill he'd probably have a different idea and so I, and I, I don't think interesting with, with all the will in the world you know in any type of robot or ai you know there's and this is probably a whole nother podcast as yeah. well but the emotional side of marketing yeah and how a human reacts to visuals or yeah. words or sounds you know within advertising mm. and things like that you know you're never going to be able to yeah. replace that intuitive side of things in terms of the emotional yeah but to cut in there do you do you think that's true or actually without going down a rabbit warren here that 
actually the words the words and the pictures that people react to if you had a hundred people in a room mm -hmm. i think you would start to see commonalities of certain things in those images that everyone seems to react well to what, now, using um hitachi's facial recognition. facial recognition <laughs> yeah there you go that's our next project right we'll have to do a, an ai ad test and no, see, i'm sure and we've see got a technology that can it's um, probably good yeah you know, probably do that already yeah, yeah. A frown <laughs> no that's cool no i think i think it's a i think you know it's a mix of everything. Yeah. You know, I think there's, there's always going to be, um, technology that can do things quicker, faster, yeah. um, than a human can, yeah. you know, obviously. Um, mm. but I would hate to see the day that we all replaced by robots. Yeah. Yeah. We I wouldn't even so. be having this podcast right now. No, It'd just be wouldn't. a series of binary zeros and ones. Yeah. That go. could be fun to listen to though, yeah. right? <laughs> it might be better. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about the, the, the world of creative and mm. the world of you know, emotional headlines and mm -hmm. trying to cut through to your, audiences yes. in the partner world and the the, particularly the partner world, and we hear this quite a lot so mm. i'm interested to hear your take is that when you get to the global system integrators does it require a different skill set from an agency or, or definitely like, what should be? yeah i do i definitely do think i think it requires a much more one-to-one -one approach um certainly you know we wouldn't take a cookie cutter approach you know, from, from one GSI to another, um, we might, you know, we might use elements of campaigns or approaches or, you know, certain elements of messaging on, on solutions from one GSI to another, but I think they really have to be treated as standalone mm -hmm. partnerships and, yeah. um, accounts because, you know, they've got to feel that, um, individuality, um, and, you know, otherwise, otherwise it does become, you know, a rip and repeat. Yeah. And, you know, we, we don't want that. So yeah. I think yeah. it, it very much has to be a personalized sort of personal. approach. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's yeah. where the agency comes in, you know, because, you know, you guys are the ones that um, kind of understand what the possibilities are in terms of outreach, in terms of media, in terms of technology, in terms of style, you know. And that is, um, I think, where it becomes um, it becomes really interesting because we can make such um bespoke campaigns and bespoke approaches to how we work with partners mm -hmm. and, and how we take those campaigns to market yeah yeah brilliant sounds good i would i would definitely i'd definitely sort of echo that i think and uh without a shameless plug of ourselves i think it's even from personal experience mm. you are talking with the in the agency bill is that it is a it is a complex place where you have agencies who specialize in consumer marketing mm. you have less that specialize in b2b mm -hmm. and you have even less that specialize within b2b in partner marketing yeah and then within partner marketing gsis so yeah yeah i think i think for all the listeners out there that you know uh, looking i think it's i think it's important if you are mm. in the partner world mm. to really identify those skill sets from your agency and can yes. they meet that need and have yeah. they got experience of doing it and but, and, but know, i also it's, think it's, it's very easy to quickly identify those um that cannot support a yeah. GSI type conversation yeah. you know, that the, the, the wrapper comes off quite quickly. Right. Okay. Um, so okay. I think, I think it's quite, um, yeah, yeah, I think it's a really good point. You have to, you have to have the confidence that, you know, who you're working with really understands that type of approach. Yeah. Um, because it's so different to, you know, a, a, a reseller or a distribution partner or, or even an RSI, you know, mm -hmm. um, in, you know, they are a type of systems integrator, but they are regionalized, hence the RSI yeah, yeah. acronym. Not repetitive <laughs> strain injury. <laughs> Just want to say thanks very much. Thank you for having me. No, you're welcome. It's been a great chat. It's been some good, hopefully some pearls of wisdom there imparted in terms of people who are 
um, if you're out there in the channel industry and you're you know on your up and coming career, this is where it can go. It's lots of things to see, see, do, and become. Um, or if you are a seasoned GSI specialist, hopefully there's some some uh, some nuggets in there as well. So thank you very much, Kate. Thanks, very and much. speak to you soon.